What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Make It Make Sense. My name is Joshua Motosha, and with me here is... Sebi Tennyson. Great. So today, we're going to be talking about GameStop, what lies in the future, what's going on with them in the present, and just a little backdrop on their past and what has caused this whole frenzy. For sure. I think it's only fitting with the new rise of AMC again and new catalyst that AMC has done in the stock market. It's only fitting to talk about the meme stock that started all of this frenzy. So we all know what GameStop is, right? We know what they do. They are a retail a store that deals with the service of, you know, selling, buying, purchasing games, uh, all sorts of video games. You know, you get your Xbox, your PS5. And overall, it's a stock that has a lot of nostalgic factor because a lot of, you know, teenage boys and girls who enjoy video games uh, would have purchased games from GameStop. Like for me, I purchased a lot of games from my brothers and my brother actually and I also purchased for friends and other family members so I really love their product and the service they offer now the fundamentals is a different story because as of around early January of 2021 they were trading for about $19 at their high yeah they were trading for around $19 however late January to early February that week, GameStop had this insane frenzy of going up from nineteen dollars. It started going up gradually, actually, but that late that week, last week was just a different ball game because it went up to fifty dollars, and people were like, "Oh, you know, similar to Kodak, the frenzy's over, right?" Yeah. Kodak had the same experience too, but it was over, right? Then the next thing it went up to $150 and everyone was like, okay, hold up. What's really going on here? Then before we know it, it was trading at $483, almost $500 that it had to be halted multiple times. Then the SEC made sure it wasn't traded anymore. Then Robinhood got in trouble for all of this. And there was just a lot of stuff going on. But And for the most part, GameStop never really did anything with this newfound success or newfound spotlight on their stock, right? The CEOs, the exec, the companies as a whole was pretty quiet, right? You had Wall Street bets talking, right? And there was an investigation calling in Robin Hood, calling in, uh, you know, Roaring Kitty and all of that. But there was nothing really from the end of GameStop. And people were wondering, hey, what are you guys going to do about this? Are you not going to say anything? And the usual consensus with a lot of uh, people on CNBC was they chose to be quiet in order not to get investigated or uh, in order not to gain any spotlight about them manipulating the market even further than it already has been, right? And recently, even, we even saw how uh, their stock also suffered a little bit because apparently the SEC asked them for some information, but it wasn't anything like, you know, concerning. It was just like a due diligence to make sure like, hey, see, we're, we're clean. We're not doing anything at all. But yeah. So most definitely, but I, I typically like to dig a little deeper and yeah. go back to the past and see what kind of was the overview yeah. with this whole GameStop thing. Yeah. So we all know GameStop, right? Retail yeah. store that sells games. And, oh, that's a great company, yeah, for right? Sure. <laughs> but along the line, a lot of people started to transition, you know, with the um, advent of new consoles where we get games online, right? Online yeah. stores. Not a lot of people were patrolling these stores anymore. At all. Right. So their sales were going down and it just kind of became a forgotten stock. Right. And yeah. a lot of hedge funds in America took advantage of that and shorted a lot of shares. Yes. Right. So they had a short float of 140 percent. Yeah. 
So let's go by what does shorty mean. Shorty means, for example, you see a company, you don't think they're going to do well, right? So you borrow shares from people who own the shares right now, then you sell it. Yes. Right? With the hope that it's going to go down. Then when it goes down, you buy it back and you kind of, quote unquote, return (laughs) that share back. But in this case, the reason why the short flow was even over 100% was that a lot of these shares that were shorted became shorted again. Yeah. Right. So they just kept on being borrowed and borrowed and borrowed. Just recycling exactly. the same shortage yes. stuff. Yeah. So that made it very, very insane. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've we know a lot of popular people. For example, Mike Burry. That was yeah. the guy who predicted the 2008 um, depression. Crash. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he actually had a position in that. And a few other companies, a few other you know very famous people, they thought to, to themselves that yes, we know GameStop. They're not operating at their best, but. They deserve a higher price than this. this you know, a yeah. lot of people still play video games. They have the potential to transition and to pivot uh, into like e-commerce. A nostalgic stock as exactly. well. You know, like think about why uh, McDonald's is still here. It's not because they have the best food, but like people are like, man, when I was younger, it was always McDonald's I went to or Coca-Cola and things like that. So. Exactly. So in early January, right, that's when the Wall Street bet crew started getting a little more traction in mainstream media. Yeah. Right. We started seeing a little, a little, a little something, you know. Yeah. And I remember waking up one morning and I, so I have this app that shows, you know, the stocks are moving um, really quickly in the morning. What's the name of the app? It's called Stockbeep. Stockbeep.com. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should check it out, actually. Yeah. So I remember seeing GameStop. It making the market open. Crazy volume. Yeah. You know, and GameStop was up like 20%. I was like, wait, 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 wait. What's going on? You know, yeah. but I ignored it. Right. So after some time, when this whole fiasco was over, I actually did some research yeah. into what was going on. So there is this thing called a gamma squeeze. Yeah. So a gamma squeeze is kind of a short squeeze triggered by um, a large purchase of calls. Yes. Right. So when a whole lot of people started, you know, getting on the boat of Wall Street bets, everyone started loading up of, on calls. Right. The stock price kept going up. And a lot of these people that were short, you know, started losing money. Yeah. And when it got to a point where you're, you know, and you're... why were they losing money? It was mainly because, because the idea of shorting is that in order to make money, for the price you borrow the stock for has to be higher than the price you have to buy it back for and return it, Correct. right? But now the stock price is going higher, so it means that they borrowed it at a cheaper price, and now they have to buy it back at a really expensive price. So that's how you're losing yes. money, and that's the risk with shorting stocks. Your loss is literally. <laughs> Infinite. unlimited <laughs> as long, and that's kind of what we saw with GameStop it just it did not stop right and it gets to a point where your investment bank or your whatever bank you use is going to call I'm like okay you know like your losses are getting too much do you have cash to settle this you yeah, know or we're going to exactly. start ex- so a lot of these hedge funds and institutional investors started rushing you know to cover this up and some of the things you can do is to buy calls, right? Yeah. Because if they no a call gives you the option yes. to buy a stock at a cheaper price. at a cheaper price. Yeah. So as this stock kept going up, so we had um institutional investors, you know, buying the stock crazily aggressively, you know, in order to cover the shorts quickly. And we had fresh, you know, young retail investors from coming Wall in Street bets. from Wall Street <laughs> Bet trying to join the party. So it yeah. was a whole lot of buying yeah. going on. So now what made this different from Kodak because I don't know if a lot and that's the thing that is so crazy because one of the misconceptions I have noticed is that a lot of people actually think retail investors are controlling this and I'm sorry to bust your bubble it's not retail invested (laughs) at all because retail investors at the maximum are like they influence 25% of the market right and I don't even 
till t- today, I was looking for some data to back up, like in terms of, you know, dollar value exactly how much, because we were talking about, you know, trillions and trillion dollar worth market, right? Because if you look at example, a, a hedge fund like Citadel, right, recently lost $6 billion and they're still operating, which is very crazy to me, right? Some hedge funds are controlling, you know, tens of billions of dollars, right? So, if only 10% of their portfolio would be around 1 billion, right? And maybe 1% would be about $100 million. And you have a, like a GameStop, the average trading day is around f- uh, 15, 15 million. Recently, was I mean, at the max when at the peak when everything yeah, was going on, it was like $400 million. So it's hard for... Re- they do have influence, 100%. You can't deny it. And that's the reason why where Kodak was just like a spike and crash, GameStop is more of like a spike and almost consolidate, right? Yeah. It's not really going back to that $19. It's at $237 right now from $483, right? So they have influence in the sense that they're holding the line. And what that means is that they're not selling out of GameStop. Yes. And that's the reason why the price hasn't crashed back to where it was coming from. So yes, they do have influence, but this whales are still the ones having taken control, right? Because they did observe that, hey, this stock was heavily shorted. And now let's make quick cash out of this. And that's the reason why they were able to, you know, influence the price. And then you had Wall Street bets people come in and just, you know, be a catalyst to push this stock even further. So now let's talk about what does the future hold for this stock? What did they, they announced some, you know, interesting things that are really good for me that I'm like, okay, I see you GameStop. I'm liking what I'm hearing. And also we could also talk about some things that I feel like could add even more flavor to their stock. Yeah. So I think one thing that a lot of people ignore that has kind of changed the trading game. I remember they said on CNBC, this is not your grandfather's stock market, no, right? <laughs> the market has changed a lot. Yes. And one thing a lot of people... And reacts quickly as well, yes. really quickly. What a lot of people ignore is the um, impact of social media. Mm. The fact that a lot of people can communicate. Look at Wall Street bets, yeah. right? <laughs> Look at Reddit. Like in yes. seconds, they, everybody can mob- mobilize. Like, okay, this is the next stock we're targeting, you know? Yeah. We had just a few weeks ago... We had clover health right yes. that went up almost over a hundred percent in one and it was actually trending on twitter yeah. so imagine the millions of people that use twitter they go on their phone they see oh clover health or gamestop or whatever is trending they'll just open the robin or go buy it yeah. and you know add more because flame to the fire in their hopes that they're going to make money and this could be another amc yes so just a reminder man the stock market has really changed but back to gamestop right i think some of the things i've I've seen them do that I really like is first they've sold more shares, I, right, in order good. to raise cash, that's right? Because good. now they had they're armed with more cash. You know they can pay down some of their debt, mm-hmm. right, and they can also start thinking of more projects they can do to get themselves back online and win favor in the side of Wall Street and the other institutional investors, yeah. right? And also I really like how they got you know two executives from Amazon. Yeah. Um, Matt Furlong is going to be the new CEO and Mike Ricopero, I believe I yes. said that correctly, is going to be their new CFO. Yes. And both of these people came from Amazon. Yes. And we all and know... they came, I believe, according to what I heard from CNBC and some other people who have read their resume and also from my research, they were also monumental in the success of Amazon. Yeah, so they're seasoned professionals. They know yeah. what they're doing. And they have a lot of experience with the e-commerce space. So if anyone... Is going to lead this company, you know, in the e-commerce space. It's probably going to be these two very 
competent leaders. They also brought in uh the co-founder of Chewy's, right? Yes. So Ryan Cohen has actually been an investor. I think it was he has been investors last year, and he turned he turned like a seventy-five million investment in GameStop. But now it's worth over one billion. Wow. Actually, he really, really believes you know in GameStop, and it's actually going to be the chairman of the board. Um, I think it's either this month or next month. So he's yeah. really putting in a lot of work. He's really investing himself yeah. in this process. And one interesting thing, because I read some of the transcript from their last earnings, they did not issue any guidance. So typically, whenever a company reports their earnings, right, they also give what we call a guidance. And a guidance is simply saying, oh, next quarter or next year, we expect our sales to be so, so, so number. But this is number. But GameStop haven't done that, issued those numbers for the past two earnings. And to Wall Street people, to them, that's a bad thing. They're like, oh, if these people have something good to say, they'll say it now. But who knows? You know, I feel like GameStop, they have something up their sleeve that no one knows. I actually think, honestly, I feel like Guidance to me, I, I mean, it's good. I feel like to me, Guidance to me comes across as, you know, optimist, uh, optimistic outlook of the future. Because look at Netflix talking about, oh, we're going to bring shows every year because Netflix is really good at giving Guidance, right? But one thing I noticed that a lot of people don't think about is that they don't keep up to their promises. They were like, we're going to bring out a new show every week. Guess what? They did not. And also, many of the shows that they bring out do not have any quality. They're still burning cash as they've been since. They're like, oh, our increase in price is going to make us not borrow money. Guess what? They're borrowing money again. <laughs> so it's like, okay, cool. Guidance are great. I would say like, given the fact that they are changing their leadership is a good sign for me because you're changing your leadership to pivot to the future. Yes. So I think that's a very good sign for me. So I will hold off on that just yet. I think guidance is important because I'm like, okay, what is your expectation in the future? At least have yeah, some, what do we expect? yeah, have some goal or something that you're working towards. But I definitely am liking the direction at which, uh, you know, GameStop and the board they're taking. Yes. So I feel another opportunity for them lies with the whole cryptocurrency and NFT yes, craze. You know, 100%. we can't deny that it's probably here to stay. I think you can go through a lot of transformation, regulation, whatever. But I think those things are here to stay. Right. And we know that GameStop, they sell games. Yes. Right. And I feel there's a lot, there's untapped market potential 100%. with a lot of um, retro yes. classic games yes. as well as sports. Yes. Right with this NFTs, I know there's a so, company called um, Tops. It's actually a SPAC right now. Yeah. Take a M U D S, and what they do is they try to work with different athletes to yeah. create these unique cards, and obviously yes. those ones go for sale, yes. right? And not just um, the athletes themselves, but moments. For example, if someone you know hit a record jump shot or something, yes. that moment you know is captured. is captured and it it becomes unique. I feel like even to add on to that, I think uh, they could have like those retro games that are super great like you know digital you know maybe the coding behind how that was yeah. formed they could have that in nfts or for example they could also have people get uh you know shiba inu coins because i remember one of the uh, guys i follow on twitter was talking about how he had uh was when he used to play a lot of games back when he was younger he used to win a lot of bitcoin right and he had almost like 10 bitcoins and look at how much it's worth today almost that 10 bitcoins will be worth almost 300 and something thousand dollars and that funded his investing career wow. right so i'm saying like shiba inu to get like two point 
five million worth is like what fifty dollars so they could invest even if it's like a hundred grand and get billions of this and just give it away like in terms of hey join this particular game you know maybe partner with twitch right and do some kind of you know video game conference you know sponsored by gamestop right and that would give them so they're not going for you know the ethereums and the dogecoins and the bitcoins that are more expensive or the uh, binance but they're going for this cheap cheaper like you know tiny coins that cost little to nothing to have a lot but just to get people uh entertained and again the perception of the future when they just hear hey you know GameStop is getting involved in cryptocurrency. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And they start running into GameStop, and it's it's just Shiba Inu, but it doesn't really matter because that's the perception that they're building. So they should definitely get into this NFT and cryptocurrency space, hundred percent. But what else do you think could make them uh, look more like growth looking, like like a growth stock, like look, have a better outlook towards the future? So I think this e-commerce space is also something. Right. And a lot of people might not agree with this, but they might have to close down some of their physical stores. 100%. Yeah. Kind of like, to reduce 100%. their costs and 100%. go almost fully online. Obviously, yeah. it's not going to happen in one day. It's going to be a transition process. And I'm glad they have some of the best, you know, people, leaders from yeah. Amazon to help with that transition. Yeah. Ryan Cohen himself is, and he's the co founder of Chewy, yeah. which is a online marketplace for pets. So, yeah. I'm actually, I'm expecting big things from them, right? And I would like to see how, you know, they work with different game consoles. Obviously, the PS5, the Xbox, and all different consoles and the online marketplace to sell these games. Because they have their own online marketplaces already. Yeah. So, is GameStop going to come in as a competitor or are they going to collaborate with these I think a collaboration is better because I feel like gone are the days of competition because you could have more of... I feel like there's more benefit when a lot of people, because sometimes competition is unnecessary, right? I think you are doing better when you bring your ideas and technology together and you bring a bigger fan base. Think about the reason why Avengers has a bigger showing than just, you know, an Iron Man movie or Captain America movie. When all of them are there, there's a bigger, you know, fan base coming all together to enjoy that particular movie. So I think a collaboration is definitely something I think that would profit them a lot. And I I believe that moving forward into the future, I see great things if they're able to capitalize on this opportunity given to them, especially because they didn't have to raise debt for this amount of money. And if they're able to have a lot of innovation here, I see so many fantastic things for them. That's just, I, I see positive outlook. I'm not just an investor quite yet. I'm not sold on being an investor quite yet, but I'm definitely interested right now based on the people that they have as their leadership. Yeah. But I still do think the price they're at right now does not justify the valuation. But they could morph (laughs) into it. That's the thing. I I think they could grow into that price. Yes. Because again, the thing with valuation is depending on who is buying this stuff. Because remember, Amazon, when it was $500, they were like, it's overvalued. Guess what? It's 3000 something now. And now people are saying it's I undervalued. Mean, but, I mean, we have to be honest. It's really different. Like Amazon GameStop. Pff, we can't well, even yeah, they it. morphed into it. That's the thing. Yeah. They morphed into those valuations. Because before, when Amazon was trading at $100 during the dot-com crisis, and people were saying that this is ridiculous. What do you mean by online books? People are going to always want to go to bookstores and Barnes & Noble. But look at them today. Yeah, but apart from online stores, look at everything Amazon has done. With advertising revenue to Amazon Web Services, yes. cloud services, not again to telehealth, they're about yeah. again to streaming. There's just a lot. Now, 
if GameStop exactly. can surprise everyone, yeah. but I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I feel there's so many better opportunities elsewhere, elsewhere, yeah. you know, rather than GameStop. But hey, if there's another squeeze, I don't mind playing, <laughs> you know. No, I, I definitely feel like the reason why I am optimistic for them, again, these executives have good experiences. And if they're able to, especially tap into the NFT crypto Twitch space, I feel like they can morph into something different. They can morph into an entertainment space, right? Because think about it. Amazon was just an online bookstore and now it's grown into something else. And that's the beauty about technology firms. They don't have to be just one thing. That's true. And GameStop has a unique opportunity to turn itself into something more than just games. Mm. It could be an entire entertainment technology platform. That's true. Yeah, so... I think that, yes, not sold on being an investor is the price over undervalued left in the air till we see the outlook of these CEOs. Yes. And I have optimistic faith in their future yeah. currently right now. And the funny thing is that look, I still short this stock. Like, <laughs> aren't you scared? Honestly, <laughs> you have you two seasoned Amazon veterans just come to your company. I think it's a gambler's right. mentality. <laughs> when you lose, you really want to make it back. And that's yeah. why they're still So there. if all goes well and these people are actually start doing stuff, they start actually making love, profit, and revenue, yeah. the user base increases. I'm gonna I'm expecting another massive short squeeze, to 100%. be very honest. Hundred percent. Well, I'm really excited for the future of GameStop. Those out there who are invested and got invested when it was, you know, $19, congrats <laughs> to you. Must be nice. Those who caught the bag at $400, praying for y'all. <laughs> Let's see what the future holds for GameStop. Bye, guys.